The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the DJ Jesse Treff and Fresh Prince of Gaming Podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and a member of the Make Us Better team over on Patreon. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who sits back and unwinds as often as he can. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I am doing very good. How about yourself? I'm doing quite well. Can you believe this is episode 50? It's crazy. I I don't know if we should make a big deal out of this episode or the year episode. We'll probably make a bigger deal out of the year episode. but (laughs) Or both, I guess. But yeah, 50 times we've done this. That's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about. So that's a you, lot of times. That is a lot of times. That's a lot of times that we have sat and talked over over Google Hangouts. Mm-hmm. So are that's you a true. are you a fan of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince? Uh, I was a fan. I don't know if that I would currently what be a fan. Was like how do you stop liking them? Oh, it's not that I don't stop liking them, but I know that like they both individually still do music. So. I couldn't tell you, like, if they had put something out new and if I was still a fan of that. Gotcha. There was, they, I think, like, two years ago, supposedly, they were going to go on tour, and they never did. Can you imagine how, yeah. what that would have been like, having Will Smith on doing a, a music tour? It would be um, a huge mistake on his part financially. Well, I think <laughs> he makes some money. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine wow, he's raking it in for movies anymore. <laughs> I don't think he's a $20 million man anymore, is he? I don't know. I wonder what he got from Bright. Probably uh, not that much. Yeah, probably not. Though Netflix throws a lot of money at a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so, true. all right. But hey, you know what? This isn't a movie podcast. A movie podcast. A music podcast. Though, a music podcast would be fun. Uh, this isn't a music podcast. It's a gaming podcast. So thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, Hit us up at Board with Fiji on Twitter or check us out at Board with Fiji on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to hit us up with a five-star rating over there. You're welcome to communicate in the long form with us, boardwithvg at gmail.com. And as always, hashtag board with VG on all the social medias so that we can follow all the awesome things that you're doing. And if you're interested in helping make us better, check out patreon.com slash make us better. And a big thanks to all of our supporters there. If you're interested in helping Board with Video Game get it get its own podcast feed, a dollar or two there could go a long way in helping make that happen. But again, if you are already donating, thank you so much. And if you know what, you can't or you don't want to, and you just want to listen, we're totally happy with that as well. So enough of all this housekeeping stuff. Josh, what have you been playing on your tabletop, sir? Well, I played The Mind. Are you familiar with The Mind? I am familiar with The Mind, and I don't remember who tweeted it out, but I remember I read a tweet today, yesterday, sometime recently, that somebody vaguely said something along the lines of somebody that 
if you don't like the mind, they're going to punch you in the throat or something like that. So I assume it must be good. <laughs> well, the mind is is a card game that is. I I I don't know if I want to be so bold to say dividing the board gaming um, medium, uh, but it, it is a, it's very either loved or hated. I don't think there's much in between. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe with more players, I could see why that could be a problem. But um, it's by Pandasaurus Games, who are infamously known for uh, Dinosaur Island. Um, and also the game, the game, which I talked about previously. Uh, this is not very different from the game uh, in, the, in the regards to you are playing cards um, out of a deck of 1 to 100 numbered cards, uh, where it differs from the game is the, the way it plays. So in a two-player game, we'll use it as an example, uh, you're going to play 12 levels of this game. And each level is just denoted by a card that says level 1, level 2, etc., uh, and certain levels will give you a bonus if you complete them. And what you can earn are either extra lives or throwing stars. A throwing star, if you use that card, it will um, discard the lowest card in each player's hand for the amount of players playing. And how that works is, if you remember the rules of the game uh, where you're playing uh, ascending and descending decks, this is just one deck you're playing um sorry i'm being distracted by the cat uh and it's you're playing ascending so the way it works is you shuffle a deck of cards that are labeled one to 100 put it to the side and level one each player will get one card you cannot talk while you play you just have to basically use your minds collectively um, and what you do is you look at each other until someone decides if they think their card is low enough to play. You And you have to play the lowest card in your hand always. So if we started playing a game and you have a 15 and I have a 17 and I just kind of go, you can play whenever you want, and I play that 17, you can't go. We lose a life. Simple as that. So really quick to interject. So if you play a card heart a card higher than mine, I can't go, but I can't still say anything that I can't go, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, you can say that you can't go if we're out of cards. Okay, gotcha. But if there's multiple people and there's three other people, Nebula's doing a great job of being the first time on the podcast. Um, but if there's like three other people in the game, <laughs> but if there's three other people in the game, I can't then be like, well, I'm out, and just kind of put my card to the side. Like, I have to act like I can still potentially play, yes? Well, Theoretically. You, would have to say, you would have to say that that you can't play a card now, and then uh, so the way that the game rules are, is it asks you to, like, put your hand on the table or raise your hand instead of speaking. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you do that, that's kind of like you your symbol of not being able to do something. Gotcha. So... If you can't play a card, uh, you can also just yell stop and it like pauses the game. And when you people are ready, everyone has to put their hand on the table to signify starting the game again. Uh, it's probably easy to explain with more cards. So that's just with one card. So level two, each player gets two cards. Level three, 
three cards, four, four cards, etc. all the way up to level 12, if you make it that far. Um, so as an example, level six, we each get six cards. Now our job is much more difficult than with one card. So now you might want to be actively thinking about playing a throwing star if you have any left. Like um, I played a seven, but Ashley had a two. And I was like, I really didn't think out of 100 cards, we had 12 cards, and you would have a two in there. I thought seven was the lowest. So that's my bad. We lose a life. Um, and I don't know if the rules say yes or no, but um, she played a throwing star instead, which would make her discard her lowest card and then me discard my lowest card. So I already played my seven, so I wouldn't discard my seven. I would, play, I would discard my next lowest card. Um, and then... I guess if she had a two and a three, then it wouldn't benefit her to play a throwing star because she would still not have a card she can play. So you keep playing that until you can no longer, you run out of lives. And basically that's the game, uh, the mind. Uh, it's very small. Uh, it says 20 minutes. It really depends because after every round, you're reshuffling the deck of 100 cards. Oh, wow. So okay. There's definitely a lot of shuffling time. Um, and this is a game I would recommend sleeving because of that, because the cards are pretty thin. Okay. So I don't know that that's necessarily a great thing to do either, um, to not sleeve them. So um, I can see why it'd be frustrating, especially for people who don't know each other that are playing the game. And it's two to four players, so at four players, I can see that being very difficult as well. Um, so I can see why people might not enjoy it, but at least at two players, we paused it, we took a... Uh, we saved our game. It doesn't say you can do that in the rules, but we are up to level seven. We paused. <laughs> Man, sometimes it's moments like these I really wish we did video. <laughs> I just, just saved my cat's life, thinking she could jump into this box over here. Uh, yeah, so um, that's, the, that's the mind. Uh, honestly, uh, it was a busy weekend, so... Uh, we we played the mind today um, because we didn't get any game time in uh, over the weekend. Um, but my order for miniature market that I ordered in June arrived today. Oh wow! That, that was the mind and Titan race. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, so really quick about the mind because obviously, like you said, this is a game that is getting a lot of chatter. A lot of people are talking about it. So even though I have not played it, I have heard a lot of and read a lot about it. So. This seems like a game that would be, quote unquote, better with more people as far as more fun. Would you agree with that from the limited amount you've played thus far? I think it depends on your mindset going into the game. Okay. If you want to go in and have fun and not take it too seriously, absolutely. But you also need three other people with that same mindset. Okay. So I can see why maybe at the convention um, like circuit, people aren't loving it as much because there's a lot of uh strong-willed minded gamers out there that want to win everything they play right um so i could see both sides so, but i think it's not expensive it's a nice easy portable card game that two to four people can play you can play it in a hotel room you can play it at an airport you can play it at a cookout um i like games like that and it's difficult it makes you think a little bit uh so i i like it you know um I think I could I could recommend that and the game, and I think they both can survive in the same environment together, even though they're pretty similar. Okay, so here's my next question about the mind that I've never understood. 
So you have shurikens that you can play. Why are they why are they shurikens? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's no theming behind it at all. Okay. Okay. I was curious <laughs> as to why cuz like when I looked at the when you look at the box and then you hear there are shurikens in the game. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, the box has a floating bunny on the cover. <laughs> right. Okay. And there's a shuriken in the back. Gotcha. So overall, though, so far, you would recommend The Mind? Yeah, for sure. And it'll be a game I play with uh, friends and family, too, to see how it plays with more players. Okay, so the final question that people sometimes you know talk about when it comes to this game. Is it actually a game, or yeah. is it a social experiment slash activity? It's both. Okay. I, okay, I think it could be both. I just it's think that's... It certainly is a game. Okay. Um, it could also be a social experiment. Gotcha. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, I should ask, have you played anything else or it sounds like that was all you played this week? That was, yeah, that was all we okay. played this week. So I got my shipping notification today. I'm pretty excited because Rescue Polar Bears is on the way. Oh, I really wish I backed that game. Yeah, so I backed that on Kickstarter. So I got my um, notification today that it is on the way and I should have it by Monday. So hopefully... I'll be able to get it played before podcast next week. But I totally forgot that when I did it, I also added on Click Clack Lumberjack. So I have that coming too. Oh, nice. Yeah, so Rescue Polar Bears and Click Clack Lumberjack should be here hopefully in times that we talked about next week. But this week, I've been in this situation lately, Josh, and I don't know what's going on in my life, but playing games has gotten really challenging. I've had way less time (laughs) than I used to. Um, But as a result of that, learning new games has become very challenging because... I get to play them way less because I have to take the time to learn them. So instead, I dusted off some oldies but goodies when I had a little bit of game time this week and jumped into and played another story in Stuffed Fables. Uh, Let me just say that that game is still amazing. If you have heard us, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've definitely heard us talk about Stuffed Fables uh, from the folks over at Plaid Hat. Still a really excellent game. Really think that 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 the the book that they do with that is wonderful. And I, I'm looking forward to uh, the new game that has that, that they're doing coming forward. So still really enjoying stuff, Fables. I am hemming and hawing. I think I might jump in and actually try to paint these miniatures oh. or miniatures, depending on who you talk to. Um, but I think I'm going to do it after I'm totally done playing the game. So that way, if they, turn out, <laughs> that way if they turn out really poorly, I don't have to feel too bad about it. But if they do turn out really well, then if there's ever an expansion or anything else, hey, look at these sweet miniatures I have that have been painted and look good. Uh, because, you know, I used to paint my... I had a brief stint there where I played a little Warhammer Fantasy, and I painted those minis a little bit. They didn't look horrible. <laughs> so that's the you know standard I have for my minis is that they don't look horrible. Um, but yeah, so I may go ahead and do that. But like I said, so played that, and that dusted off another game that... We've talked about a number of times, but I don't know if I've ever fully, I think maybe one episode I did a deep dive into, but I also jumped back into Dead of Winter. Um, And man, oh man, do I love that game. I know that when it came out, it was like the hotness and people were really talking great things about it and that people were talking about how it's, you know, a top 10 game for them, et cetera, et cetera. But as time has gone on and Dead of Winter has kind of faded from folks' minds, I don't think people think about it as much anymore. And I just realized these are both flat hat games now that I think about it. But <laughs> Dead of Winter really just hits me in all the right places. I just really enjoy that game. I like the theming of it. I like how deep it is. I like how all of the mechanics make sense with what you're doing. And it's like, hey, if you go outside, you might get frostbite. If you make too much noise, you're going to attract more zombies. Like all of the things that you'd see played out in a video game, they vary, or in a movie, they do a great job of fitting into the theme of this. And all the different um, 
resources that you pick up and how you use them make perfect sense. And I think that the trader mechanic, just that there might be one or there might not be one, fits really well too because, you know, if you're in a zombie apocalypse, hopefully you can trust everyone, but maybe you can't. How could you know until it's probably too late? And if you throw too many people out that you're not supposed to, that's probably going to go really poorly for you. Like, I just think they do such a good job in that game of theme and how it's implemented. I think that's always going to be a top five, top 10 game for me. I just really, really like it. And playing it again has really reminded me of how much I enjoy it. So for me, it was just a week of playing some games that I had really enjoyed and hadn't played in a while. So dusted off some stuff, Fables, played a little more Dead of Winter, and I was really happy that I did. But now seeing these games I have coming in, the fact that I still haven't played Everdell and a couple other things, I probably should take some time to learn some new games. Let me tell you, though, Everdell, which was a Kickstarter that recently um, was shipped, this expansion, its first expansion, I think, is on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, I just saw that. If I recall, that game is beautiful. My goodness, is it a good-looking game. It looks so good. The art and the graphic design in that game is amazing. It's so good. Um, so I've opened it. The box is amazing. Like everything that they have put together into that Kickstarter is really good. So I would highly recommend if you have a chance to check out Everdell, at least check it out because it looks beautiful. Um, I, like I said, I haven't played it yet, but if you can especially see it at a convention or see it on a store shelf, it, that game is a looker. Wow, is it a beautiful game. So maybe that too, along with Rescue, Rescue Polar Bears, maybe both of those will happen next week. I'll set goals. <laughs> So that's what I've been playing for board games. Josh, what have you been playing as far as your television screen goes? Well, that has definitely been a busier um, a reference uh, point for games being played. And that sentence didn't make any sense, but I said it. Um, so I finished Spider-Man, which was a feat of its own. I'm really ashamed to say that I'm at like 60% only in Spider-Man. There's nothing, nothing. I stayed up till 4 a.m. one one day, knowing my son would be up at 7. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, So I made some sacrifices, and then I moved a friend that day, too. So I went, then didn't move. I I worked in the morning, and then I moved a friend. So that was not a smart decision. Uh, However, um, I finished the game um, at 96% completion, um, which if you know me, is unheard of. Yeah. It's, I very, very rarely go back and do everything. Obviously, I haven't done everything because it's 96%. But even games like the Arkham series, which I'm a, a hardcore diehard Batman fan, um, even I didn't collect the other trophies and do all these other things just because it was tedious. They yeah, didn't those- it, They didn't make it enjoyable. Yeah, those Riddler trophies were ridiculous. And I did have kind of like a revelation. I was thinking over the weekend about why did I like, why do I like Spider-Man so much better than the Batman games? Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, it really came down to one specific thing. Um, and that it's not, it, it's a light atmosphere. Yeah. Like, I love the Batman games. I really do. And I love that you're into the Batman character. Batman is a bummer as a as a as a person. Yeah. Which he's entitled to be. Uh, but I mean Spider-Man lost his parents and he's not moping around or rainy. 
New York City. He's not Daredevil. Like he's not in his kitchen moping. And Bruce Wayne <laughs> is rich. Come on, man. Yeah, and Spider Man is poor. So um, I think that's the big thing that made it so much different for me was it's even at night and when you're like in the sun is setting, it still feels like it's a lively, bustling city. As and like I'm not even a New York fan, but I still felt like comfortable in it doing things i never felt like batman has a heavy game emotionally and and character wise so like it was a big change so i think that's why i took to it so much better than batman that might be a poor choice of words but um i i thought the no spoilers um i thought the story was great i think that they're their decision to take it in a different direction at the end of the game is uh, a bold move for them, but I like it. Like it's, uh, no, it's just it does it does something that you don't expect, which is good. Um, there'll be critics, I'm sure, but that's fine. Um, you know, there's there's already critics for for whatever reason about Spider-Man, mostly from Kotaku for whatever reason. Uh, decided to take a political stance i guess they probably started with far cry and they're like well we gotta be fair and do it to spider-man too <laughs> i don't know that's me <laughs> being picky um so yeah i finished it i think i decided i'm gonna go back and wrap it up to be 100 but i think i'm gonna wait um and finish my four percent when the dlc comes uh, all these other things i'll play so more than so I didn't feel like I'm going to commission. Does that make sense? The last, I don't know, 60, the last 60 seconds of your of your conversation were totally robotic. I wouldn't be episode 50 if I wasn't having internet problems. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. Um, I, I think like I, I was, I'm going to wait to finish until the DLC comes out. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the reason why Spider-Man was so enjoyable to me was... I always had something to do if I didn't want to do the main story. Right. So I feel like if I'm not just going to do the Black Cat story just to finish it, but to also do the other 4% of the game I didn't finish, that'll give me a little bit more um, of options to go back and forth. Makes sense. Um, I did play a little bit of Call of Duty Blackout, um, but we can talk about that later. Yep. Um, and I dove into Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, and that's something I've been playing. <laughs> uh, it's um, Donnie kind of talked about it a little bit on PSVG uh, main podcast, flagship podcast, as they call it. Uh, it's a little heavy-handed at the at the very beginning. They really um, push you into the story. It, it's not really easing you in. It's pushing you into the story so much that I feel like I felt like I was missing something right off the bat. Um, but I should say that I didn't finish Rise of the Tomb Raider. So when that happened, I wasn't mad. I was just like, oh, I just must have missed the cliffhanger at the end of the last game. So that didn't bug me um, too much, but it definitely is there for anyone who's jumping into this game, um, not playing, having played the last one or finished the last one. There's definitely established relationships, um, and it's picking up where it's essentially how I feel would be like going into the third Hobbit movie or like the third Lord of the Rings movie. You kind of have to have 
knowing something has been going on. Um, I, I like the fact that you just used the third <laughs> Hobbit movie and the third Lord of the Rings movie interchangeably. Like, ah, both of them, you know, you had to know something. Whereas one of those movies is pretty good. And one of them is not. <laughs> well, <laughs> just as establishing characters, not, okay. as, not as quality of film. Because <laughs> I thought maybe you were like tying it to the quality of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, no, but then no, you no. used both of them. So I didn't know what you thought. No, not quality-wise, just as far as um, character story goes. Gotcha. Um, I mean, if you know Lara Croft, you know Lara Croft, but, you know, you don't know what's going on with her, and you don't know her motivations if you haven't, you know, caught up. And, and Kevin Austin was talking about not wanting to star this until he finished Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, I mean, I you could probably just YouTube what happened in Rise of the Tomb Raider if you don't want to put... 40 hours into a game to put another 15 hours into a game but uh, you could so how far are you into shadow just um there's like a main tomb you do at the beginning okay and then something happens i don't spoil anything gotcha so you're uh, like are you like an hour in like three hours in two hours in okay Perfect. so I, I guess I'm curious, and if you can't answer this based off of, you know, the, the amount of time you've played thus far, I totally understand, so don't feel obligated to. But obviously Tomb Raider and Uncharted often get compared to each other. And oh, to me, yeah. you know, I like both games, but I like them for very different things. Like, I play Uncharted, where I'm really excited about the cutscenes and the stories and everything that's happening there. And I'm like, oh, I gotta do some combat stuff, fine, 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 get through this, get through this, get through this, sweet next story beat. Whereas when I play Tomb Raider, or the reboot of Tomb Raider, I'm like, oh, story thing, fine, yeah, 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 sweet, I get to do some action stuff now, oh, fine, story thing, yeah, 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 sweet, back to the action thing. So for me, I like them both for very different reasons. Does this game seem to, from a combat scenario or perspective, does it still have the super satisfying, like, awesome combat that I, I really enjoyed in the first two installments of the trilogy? I mean, it has it. For me... So like the rebooted Tomb Raiders, it, it feels really weird for, for me to be playing with Lara Croft who has a gun in her hand. That is so like kind of opposite what you were saying. Nathan Drake totally feels normal. Um, my Tomb Raider, I'm just used to puzzly Tomb Raiders, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is fine because you know how much I dislike platformers and the old Tomb Raiders always felt like platformers to me. So the new Tomb Raiders... Definitely feel more of an action -y game. And uh, I definitely um, get the Uncharted comparison. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I like, uh, this is going to, this is going to be weird for me to say. I like Lara Croft as a better as a character than Nathan Drake in the new series. Um, but only because it's, um, it's a really grounded Lara Croft. It's because I have a comparison of what she used to be like to what she is now. And I feel like it's such a great character story for her where you don't have, and maybe it's, maybe I have like an affinity towards strong female leads and maybe that's why I enjoy it more. Um, obviously Aloy is, uh, another example of someone that I find is a very strong character. Um, not to say that Nathan Drake isn't a good character. I just like Lara Croft better, but I like the Uncharted story better. Is that weird? No, that's not weird. I don't think that's weird at all. I think, so do you like then Tomb Raider better than Uncharted? No, I don't like Tomb Raider better than Uncharted because okay. the gameplay is 
way better in Uncharted, at least seamless gameplay, I think. Okay. Um, like, when I play Uncharted, I don't feel like I'm doing as a task as much as I do in Tomb Raider. Okay. Um, but I think for a reason, like, Lara Croft is a Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Nathan Drake is a treasure hunter. I mean, they do kind of similar things, but his morals are a little bit more loosey-goosey. Because Lara Croft, you don't... I don't... I wasn't introduced to Lara Croft as someone who kills people. I was introduced to Lara Croft as an archaeologist who explores tombs to find artifacts. Okay, that makes sense. I was forced to kill people. Right. I uh, I really separate these new Tomb Raider games from the old ones. Like, I don't associate them. And, like, I, I feel like they're completely different things. I just think it's really interesting, everything you talk about, because I feel like it is counter to almost everything I feel about these games, as well as, I think, counter to what most people feel about these games. Like, <laughs> I think the gameplay in the Tomb Raider games is much better than the Uncharted games. Like, I don't think... like. I don't think the, the shooting is as bad as most people do in Uncharted, but it's definitely not the preferred thing. Like, I think there are better third-person shooters out there than what Uncharted has to offer. So I think the gameplay in Tomb Raider is much better. I care way more about Nathan Drake and Sully and Elena than I do at all about Lara Croft in these new games. I actually kind of don't like her as a character. Now, I think Aloy is a fantastic character. I really like Aloy. I do not like this Lara Croft at all. Like I just, you don't. She's definitely a conflicted character, and she definitely has the, um, I don't, I don't call it whiny, but like the out of place attitude about a lot of things and whiny. Like yeah, like like hissy fit. But you have to remember where her character comes from. She comes from snooty, richy, rich castles. Like she's not, and even in they don't touch on it too much. In this tomb, in this Tomb Raider series, but she's still that same character, right? And maybe I shouldn't say I don't care about her as a character. Like, maybe I shouldn't say I don't like her. I just don't care. Like, there's nothing that's happened in these first two games that have made me really connect or care with her or care about her as a character. Like sure. to me, she is the the character I control to get me through this thing. Like I, I have no vested interest necessarily in what she is like why she's doing what she's doing i just want to do the thing she's doing because it's cool yeah i think you know? i think you're in the majority too because i mean the sales unfortunately the sales numbers show that and i actually took a deep dive into like the previous sales mm-hmm. numbers um because the head of walmart canada has decided to go like full-on playstation fanboy recently on twitter trashing xbox yeah, like, that was that's really weird. Really all weird. of his tweets. So I had to do some research when he said Tomb Raider, any third party game would never outsell on the Xbox over PlayStation 4. So I did some deep diving on Tomb Raider because I thought that was a very bold statement. Well, it turns out he's not that wrong, um, but he shouldn't say never. Anyways, right. this isn't my feud with Paul Hunter. Um, but uh, the Tomb Raider reboot sales are like well below 2 million per like generation of like one, two, and three, which is shocking to me. I thought it would sell way better, but maybe people just aren't connecting with their character. Um, and that's fine. Uh, maybe people just want to play Tomb Raider for the visuals and the gameplay, which it's there. Right. Um, but I don't know if you saw my tweet. I tweeted the other day. I'm like, uh, I'm paraphrasing my own tweet now. Uh, but <laughs> I was like, that, that means you've made it, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, 
you know, the first, this is not spoilery because it happens in every game like this, but I'm like, well, how come in these games I'm spending 30 to 60 minutes traversing cliffs, almost falling to my death multiple times, jumping high platforms uh, just to get to um, the end where the bad guys casually walk through a back entrance. And I was like, I'm looking at you, Uncharted and Tomb Raider, because that it just annoys me to no end. You have to take it by surprise. No, there's no one in like there's no one in there. You get in there, you think you have something, and then you get surprised by people. Right. There's some things we'll talk about once you start playing that did bug me um, from a story continuity mm-hmm. um, error, but that's me nitpicking um, for no reason. Just that that stuff bugs me in movies. That stuff bugs me in video games. Like, right. If you can establish something, you should stick to that, not meander back and forth for good storytelling. Right. Um, but other than that, I'm really enjoying the game so far. Um, I'm glad we got it. Um, and yeah, I hope to keep playing it. I mean, we're in a strict timeline now with games, so I really have to like power through it because we have Forza, which just announced James Bond cars today. That's incredible with the gadgets um and then we have red dead and assassin's creed and yeah uh, well we have a couple weeks till assassin's creed and forza right because forza's they both drop on october 2nd depending on which bundles you get because you could also get forza four days early if you bet the gotcha. ultimate addiction but we which would be back. four days prior to october 2nd <laughs> yes which, would be which is 29th 30th right 20th? which is assassin's creed is the fifth unless you get a good bundle then you get it on october Second, second, right. <laughs> oh, perfect. Which we, which we've talked about this before too in our podcast. How how much that is annoying to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've I've rambled enough. Um, I don't think I played any other games. I did download two more games for the Xbox Quest this month. Okay. Um, it's play thirty minutes of Live Lock, um, which is the free game, mm-hmm. which I tried, uh, which was interesting. You would you might like it. It's like. Um, it's a top-down twin-stick shooter. Oh, well, then I might like it. Um, and it's play 30 minutes of Trove. Okay. And play 30 minutes of Crossout. So here's the funny thing about this, right? Because obviously, as a listener knows, we talked about we do game share. So every time you download this stuff, it always ends up on my Xbox. And the funny thing is, though, is I just go in. Because when I turned on my Xbox today, because I wanted to make sure that I had the uh, Forza Horizon 4 demo which I am actually going to play because I don't like driving games, but I said, I'm going to try this demo and at least see uh, what I think about it. I was hoping to play it before tonight. It just didn't quite happen, but I saw all these other games. And then I looked at my console and I was at 99.1% full for my space. And I was like, Josh, what have you been downloading? So then I went in and deleted all these games. And I was like, I didn't add this. I didn't add this. I didn't add this. So then I deleted all those games you just mentioned. I deleted it off my Xbox like two hours ago. That's so weird that it does that so, to yeah. you. It doesn't I do know. it to me when you download games. I don't know if it's because like you redeem, maybe because you do it online. So it just pushes to mine since mine is quote unquote your primary. Oh, um, no, I do it on my console. Oh, then I have no idea. It's really weird. Anyway, that is really so do, do those for the quests. Uh, if you're listening, you still have 12 days to get those done. It's 30 minutes for three games. Like That should be easy. Um, yeah. And live lock has co-op, so maybe we can try playing a game at some point. I'll have to uh, re-download so. it. 
Um, but yeah, how about you? I know what you've been playing, but these guys don't. Yeah, so me, I've just been playing Spider-Man. Um, well, I shouldn't say just. I also played a little bit of Call of Duty Blackout, but we'll talk about that in a little bit as our topic of the show. Um, so yeah, so I've just been still swinging around in New York City, Marvel's New York City, playing Spider-Man. I'm at the 60-something percent complete right now. Really enjoying the game still. I think that I am trying to force myself now to get out of the habits I've developed early in the game because I have a lot of gadgets now and I have a lot of suits, but I have, I haven't unlocked a suit actually since like the first one you could unlock. I have them all available. I just haven't unlocked any of them because I have a power that I'm using that I really like and all the rest look fine, but I'm not super care. I don't really necessarily want to like change the way I look. What power do you use? I use the web one where he spins around and shoots all the little web things out. Okay. So that's what I always use because I basically will jump into, I usually just like will web strike someone or I will do the like little thing where you drop down and you punch the ground and everyone. And then I do that and then it like takes care of like a lot of times then like the low level enemies are just done. So then I only have to worry about the high level enemies. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I've been still really enjoying that. Um, Unlocking more and more side quests as I go. I'm trying to get myself to play the main missions more but i keep like getting distracted along my way to the main missions so like my map is not totally empty now and cleared off but it's getting pretty darn close and i've been told and i've heard overheard when i'm trying to avoid spoilers to not do that so i'm trying to make myself just go do these main story missions and not that i don't want to i just really like swinging around and doing stuff it's fun so that's what i keep doing uh i am having a greater appreciation for the gadgets in the game I don't think when I first started playing the game, I was using the gadgets probably as much as I should have been. And, you know, and I think that the more I play and the harder the enemies get, I'm really appreciating them more, especially with some of the challenges you get later. And when you're trying to earn challenge tokens and you have maybe some fights that you have to do and you have some harder enemies and you're trying to get three challenge tokens, using your gadgets effectively really makes that a lot easier. So I think that is a level of gameplay that I was not necessarily fully aware of that, or I didn't think that I necessarily needed. And now that I'm using it more, I think it just makes everything more fun. It's easier to not get overwhelmed by groups of enemies and really fight people more one or two at a time because your gadgets take some out of it, like using your abilities takes some out of it, and then you can focus on one or two. And after your gadgets are done distracting someone, then you can take care of them, send a gadget after someone else, like... It does a nice job of really kind of parsing out the combat in a way that makes it really fun so that those later fights don't get overwhelming. So I think they did a really nice job with that. And I'm really impressed. Um, my goal is to try to finish the game this week still because, like, you are playing Shadow of Tomb Raider. I really want to get into the Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I love the first two games in the series. I'm really looking forward to playing this one as well just because I think those are just fun games to play. And I want to get it done before Assassin's Creed comes out, because I'm really looking Mm -hmm. forward to Assassin's Creed. Um, But like I said, I also want to play that for as a demo, because I, you know, everyone says how great that game is, and I've never liked driving games, and this isn't a PlayStation fanboy thing. I don't like Gran Turismo either. Like, I just don't like driving games. I've just never enjoyed them. But... Everyone tells me that Forza is the one that will change my mind. So we'll see if it specifically Forza Horizon is the one that will change my mind. So we'll see if it can. So, well, who knows? Who knows? I I didn't um, unlock those last two gadgets until after I beat the game, by the way. Oh, really? I could have unlocked them the whole time. I didn't level up any of my gadgets either until after I beat the game. Are you serious? Yeah, I know. And then I realized (laughs) how overpowered they would have been if I had done that. Oh, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, 
the um impact web oh my gosh like start a fight like do the i can't remember what it's called when he does the little special suit power where he spins it around and shoots webs everywhere but like you do that and then like you just t- use impact webs for like anyone who hasn't been taken care of yet like impact web those two leaves you with like three or four guys to take care of oh it's great it's so nice yeah it would have been a lot health more helpful when i was fighting um well i can't say when i was fighting setting the, the end boss it would have been way more helpful if i had upgraded those things yeah so that those that's what i i spent all of my upgrade stuff on is like all of my gadgets which is why i don't unlock the suits because i want to make sure i have enough stuff to upgrade my gadgets yeah i didn't unlock any suits except for 2099 so that okay probably, that probably put me at like 98 percent complete if i unlocked all my suits <laughs> excellent all right so hey that's what we have been playing with that, let's transition into our topics of the show. Hey, Josh, why don't you go ahead and kick off this first topic this evening? Sure. Let's do that. So we both had the opportunity uh, to play in the Call of Duty Blackout Beta. Uh, thank you, Kevin Austin, from iCode. Um, which meant, so, well, which was my code, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> which means Kyle also gets that code. Um, so now that we've played it... Um, where do we think it sits within the battle royale genre, uh, and will it pull players from Call see from PUBG and Fortnite? Uh, will we play? Will and will we be playing it this fall? Um, well, I want to start by saying something that surprised me today. Yes, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just we're commenting on it. The the Black Ops beta sold someone strictly because it is a battle royale game in call of duty mm-hmm. enough to cancel their battlefield 5 pre-order yep because battlefield 5 hasn't shown their battle royale mode yet right and realistically when they introduced very briefly battlefield 5 like they showed that very small like 10 seconds at the end of one of their trailers that had like the ring of fire getting smaller the fact that they didn't play ring of fire at that, I think in that and of itself should cause you to cancel your pre-order. <laughs> well, so my question to you is regarding that, because I, I don't think that that's a problem for anyone to do that. Mm-hmm. We're just shocked. Um, but I think that falls in line with my Battle Royale experience. So what I wanted to ask you is, like, do you think like this Battle Royale mode is enough of a seller to make someone pick Call of Duty over Battlefield? I think maybe it is because so back up really briefly. I've played some PUBG. I don't love it. I have played some Fortnite. I like it better than PUBG, but I also don't love it. Like I think they're fine. I understand why people enjoy them. There actually was a really interesting Twitter thread from a developer at Blizzard, I think, and I can't remember who what the name is, but I'm sure you could go look it up on Twitter that he talked about how the reason battle royales are so interesting is because they have figured out the investment, the time investment to loss slash victory ratio, right? Like if you jump into the game and lose right away, who cares? Like you're not worried about the fact that you just lost in the game in 30 seconds because you can just quit and jump right back into another game. Whereas in a typical death match or something like that, or in a typical battlefield game, like you could know in the first 10 minutes of a battlefield multiplayer game that you are clearly going to lose but that game, that match might last another 20 minutes. But there's, but you already know you're going to lose, right? Whereas 
the longer you're in a battle royal game, the better you've been doing. You've been doing better. So even if you win, you feel great because you won. But even if you made top 10, you're like, ah, oh, man, shoot, I made top 10, but I still had a good time getting there and I did pretty well, right? So that it has the battle royal genre has figured out that investment time so that if you lose right away, you don't care. If you lose later, you don't really care all that much either because you did better. And then if you win, you feel great. So I thought that was a really interesting thread out there. Um, so again, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody, a, a Blizzard employee who posted that on Twitter. But I think that pulls a lot then to this conversation of if you played Blackout, you're like, here's the experience that I've had. Maybe, you know, Battlefield 5 had their multiplayer beta. Maybe you played that multiplayer beta, having that experience of like, wow, this match went for a long time and I knew I was going to lose for a long time. And then you come and you play Blackout and you have that different experience because the game mode is different. Your investment feels different. You feel better if you win, but not as bad as you lose. Maybe that is enough to make you switch, you know? That's, yeah, that's fair. I think that's a great analogy uh, for how Battle Royale works. It makes perfect sense. Um, to me, so uh, where do you, so where do you think it falls with the battle royale games? Because uh, everyone's saying PUBG killer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a PUBG killer. I definitely of the other battle royals I've played because I haven't played any of the smaller ones. Like I haven't played Darwin Project or anything like that. But between PUBG and Fortnite um, and Call of Duty Blackout, so far it is the one I like the best. I think that's mostly because I have so much experience and history playing Call of Duty, though that I didn't have to learn the shooting mechanics. I knew when I dropped in, once I found a weapon, I knew how to shoot it. I knew how to be as good as I could be with it based off my experience in that game. Like I had to learn some stuff about, oh, here's how you now use perks, which I think how they use perks is really cool. And I think is different than the other battle royales, like to a degree. Like, I think that's really neat that that can change the swing of the tide of battle. And you don't necessarily know what perks your, your opponent has, but, I, I, it was a game that I felt immediately comfortable in. I immediately felt like I at least knew what I was doing. In the games that I played, the first two games went real poorly. I was out like the first game I played because I hadn't. I was so used to Fortnite, I didn't realize like how fat important it is to get to the ground immediately because people are gonna have guns and you die as fast as you normally do in Call of Duty. So like literally, like I landed on the ground and died like instantly because someone already was landed, had a gun, and just like took me out immediately so my first two times i was like 70th and like 64th or something like that and then the next six games that i played i finished in the top 10 i never won but i finished in the top 10 so i think maybe because of the success i like it better because i immediately felt pretty good about it um but yeah i think there's just a comfort level with this game for people who have played call of duty is it perfect no there's some things that are a little finicky about it but you know the locations are familiar i think how they've incorporated zombies into the map is cool so far, I'm a fan. Now, is it enough to make me buy the game? That I don't know. But if I was going to pick one of the three to play, this would be the one that I would choose to play if all three were available to me. How about you? I think I agree with you that um, it felt really comfortable, um, which is nice. It felt real smooth. Mm-hmm. It felt better than it felt better to me than any of the other games. It was challenging. Uh, people definitely. Got their got a, got their bearings real quick uh, yes. as compared to me. Um, I still enjoyed it, but well, I don't like when it comes down to to blackout and PUBG and and Fortnite. I'm I'm always gonna pick Fortnite because it's free. Yeah, and like it didn't sell me enough to spend sixty dollars 
for blackout mode mm -hmm. you know um who knows maybe if i play more of the multiplayer experiences i might enjoy it more um but uh, uh really i i need single player campaign with my shooters and that's just me right well, that's me personally not just me um i'm thrilled for the people that are enjoying it i think it's great i think it's something we made fun of and we as in the general gaming public uh, when it was first announced for a while because it was just the thing everyone's doing. Mm -hmm. um, but but it's very clear that they didn't just copy-paste a map and put you into it like a lot of these other Battle Royale games are doing, um, specifically on the PC. So I think that they did a very good job. Uh, yeah, they have some things to work out like even though they said they picked fixed uh, weapon pickup system, they still need to fix that uh, on the whole because it still isn't great. Right. Um, but the map's laid out nice. It feels tight. It doesn't feel too big like PUBG feels. Mm -hmm. There are times there are, there's some downtime, but mostly you're landing with other people, which is challenging enough. Right. Um, it's hard to find a place that no one is at. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think they did a real good job with it. Uh, the ultimate question is, will we be playing it this fall? Yeah, I don't. That's the hard thing, right? So let me back up really quick. and I'm going to propose a question for you. Yeah. Um, you said right now you pick Fortnite because it was free. Uh -huh. If Fortnite was $30, like PUBG is. So if Fortnite was 30, PUBG was 30, and Blackout was 60. Would you still pick Fortnite? No, um, but I couldn't tell you that I'd pick if I hadn't already bought PUBG like I had, like I bought it, um, no, I think if they if Fortnite and PUBG were thirty, knowing what I know now, and and Call of Duty was sixty, I wouldn't buy any of them. Oh, okay. Um, I enjoy my time with them, but I'm not. Um, I'm dead, like I have Fortnite on my PC, my Xbox, my PlayStation, and my Switch because it's free. Right. I can play with my friends. On most of those. <laughs> On most of them. Uh, but um, it's only if people are like, hey, we're playing Fortnite, you want to play? I go, yeah, I'll play because I have access to it. Um, and it's very possible that if they were like, do you want to play PUBG? It's 30 bucks. If I saw that they were actively playing it, I would purchase it. But I'm trying to get out of that habit of just buying like Friday the 13th because coach says we'll play Friday the 13th and we never play. Right. Like, it's good intentions, but, and now I have Friday the 13th sitting on my Xbox and I've never played it. Right. <laughs> so like, and it's, you know, like I'm trying to get away from that. So if blackout was 30 bucks, I would buy it hands down. Okay. No question. Yeah, and I'm almost wondering if that would have been a smarter move by them. Because I think about, it's really hard for me still to swallow $60 for a game that only has multiplayer components. You can play zombies. Granted, you can play zombies alone. You can play multiplayer, you know, deathmatchy stuff. Or you can play Blackout. And it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to drop 60 bucks on a game that I'm only going to be able to play online modes with. But then as soon as I say that, I think about the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours I've played in Overwatch. Right. Which is, you know, in some ways, way less options. You know, like there, you play Overwatch and that's what you play, you know. And it's interesting because I have no problems playing Overwatch alone. I have no problems jumping into games by myself for that and just kind of doing 
the things that Overwatch is. Like, I, I don't have any problems with that. For some reason, when it comes to Call of Duty, I hate playing Call of Duty multiplayer alone. I just don't like it. So I think if I knew that I had a group of people who were going to regularly play this game, I would spend $60 to buy it. Without knowing that, it is very challenging me to drop the money. Because like I said, I had fun with what I did, but how long am I going to play that for? You know, I live in a place, because I live in the middle of the country, we still have video, we still have movie rental stores that rent video games. Does it make more sense for me to rent this game for five days, play Blackout to my heart's content, and then return it and never have to think about it again? You know, pay the six bucks to rent the game for five days and call it good. Maybe that's the better route for me. I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, you saw video stores. Oh yeah, I worked at. I mean, I worked at one for just a couple of years ago for a year. It was great. I mean, so. I'm jealous. I'm more jealous <laughs> than anything. Um, off topic, but on brand. Uh, if Call of Duty brought back four player split screen, it would be a day one purchase, no question about it. Do you have three people who would come over and play Call of Duty with you? We used to do it all the time, and we would play. It wasn't Call of Duty though. Well, was it? Was it? Yeah, it was Call of Duty World War Two. Or um, Ghost Recon, uh, Future Soldier, mm, yeah, yeah. or like even that's what tiny TVs. Now we have these giant TVs and we can't do that. <laughs> but we would just come down and we would just like we play gun game on with Call of Duty. Yep. There was a point with Black Ops Two because they limited everything. We would get two copies of it and do two people on one screen, two people on the other screen. Right. And Black Ops Three, they eliminated that. You can only do one person on one screen. Yep. So you couldn't even do. So like, I don't understand why they get rid of that. Uh, but we would do that with Halo. We'd do a whole day. It would be a Saturday. We'd book it out. We'd get pizza and Mountain Dew. Right. We put it on Legendary, and we would play four-player ODST, four-player Halo Three split screen. I don't think four did it. Four-player split screen, but I know ODST did. Uh, those are, I miss stuff like that, and I don't. It must be a programming thing that it's too much I think, time. I think trying to run that, well, that, and maybe trying to run those many textures at sixty FPS by divided by two divided by four. Yeah, you know, maybe they just can't do it anymore. I just miss that. I mean, the, any game that did that, that would be must buy for me right, right now because it's just something I need. Anyway, that's off topic. But, that's okay. So overall, blackout. We like it, just not sure if we're playing it this fall. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, Good job. All right. uh, did you change my mind on what I thought was going to be a big misstep for you? Right. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think I'm really interested to see how that game sells. Because like you said, I think it's a, a really quality entry into Battle Royale. I'm just really interested to see if people will pay $60 for a whole lot of multiplayer options. Yeah. So, right. so speaking of spending money... Assassin's Creed Odyssey has announced its season pass and post content launch plans, and they're looking to keep players engaged into the in the game long after the new year begins. They're going to have daily contracts, weekly contracts, new epic ships or mercenaries each week, and the Lost Tales of Greece story missions will be free to all players. In addition, the Lost Tales of um, they'll have two major storyline DLCs coming out. The Legacy of the First Blade will start in December and release three episodes over the course of about once every six weeks or so. And then they'll have another one called The Fate of Atlantis, which will kick off in spring 2019, which will, again, 
release three episodes about six weeks apart. And then finally, season pass holders will also get Assassin's Creed 3 remastered. I think they said in like March, as well as AC Assassin's Creed Liberation remastered. All of this for the nice tiny package of $40, or if you buy the gold edition of the game, $100 for the game and the season pass. Now, Josh, I've been a big proponent that video games for the content you get are pretty inexpensive, but now this is $100 to get all this stuff. Uh, Our season passes, is this what we want from season passes? Is this what we want to start seeing games do to give us reasons to not put down their game for months? Is that what we're looking for? It's such a interesting question because the way they're handling it, I like. So I talked to my buddy over the weekend. We were talking about um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. And I keep trying to get him to play it. And he keeps telling me he'll let me know when he's ready. <laughs> um, but, you know, I started talking to him about the DLC, the Frozen Wilds, and why I haven't played it yet. Um, because I said my I'm worried because my... My expectations can only get lower, I feel, because my how I feel about the game is so high, I'm afraid that Frozen Wilds will disappoint me, right? So I keep pushing it back. And his thought, he said he never buys DLC because once he's done with the game, he wants that just to be the completion of the story. So for people like that, what they're doing with the DLC, releasing it episodically, keeps you... I think keeps you invested in the game while you're playing it. And it's not, it doesn't feel like, I don't know if it's like a separate game or what the difference is. Maybe just not having it released six months after the game has come out mm-hmm. where you're still playing it, maybe. Um, but they really, it's Ubisoft. They're taking what worked so well for them and is working so well for them. In For Honor, uh, and what what Nether Realms did with the Injustice Two system, where they're constantly adding content for you every time you log in. Right. So every time you log in, something different is happening, mm-hmm. and you get to choose whether you want to engage in that or not, which is great. And I think they did that with AC Origins, right? Well, they there, yeah, yeah DLC. There was um, DLC, and then there were like weekly. Um, kind of contracts yeah, yeah like weekly assassinations you could go do and there was like the occasionally there'd be like certain gods you could go fight that were only available at certain times or limited times and things like that yeah so i think it's good i, I don't think 40 bucks is too much uh but when you are adding like it, you said like when you're putting them all together on one day it's a lot different than what i was just talking about you know it's not like right. you buy a game today and six months later you spend 40 bucks on it right you're you're committing a hundred dollars to a game you don't know that you like it. Right. And granted, you can buy it for sixty and buy the DLC later. For sure, sure. you can do that. But obviously, there's advantages to buying it all now. You know, because yes. you get some extra perks to it. You get some access to some things. You get the game a few days early. So they definitely are incentivizing. You know, getting it, pre-ordering all of this together is one thing when you haven't even played the game yet. What do you think of this? Because obviously, you know, they did this with Spider-Man Two, and PlayStation got a little bit of pushback, not too much, but a little bit of people being like, "Why are you telling me about the DLC before the game's even out?" You know, we're doing this now with Assassin's Creed. We're hearing that here's what our DLC plans are. Now, obviously, I don't think this is in things they cut from the game. You know, I think this is obviously something that. They're very intentionally trying to provide post-release content and support and all these things. Do you think announcing it this early is good? Or what are your thoughts on how they've kind of rolled out the information about this? 
it's funny because we could ask our, our friend Colin Flores about this as well because they've announced two expansions for the Guardians board game that right. hasn't come out yet. Right. Um, I think it's a it's a, a sign of good faith on the developer mm-hmm. um, because any developer could say, let's not announce expansions, let's not even work on them until we are a critical su- like success. I think that somebody looked at this game and said, great, it looks great. We can put out day one DLC. And well, I like to imagine that people would say that because who knows if right. they're like rubbing dollar bills through their fingers going, yeah, more money. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I think it's fine that they do it as long as they're clear on, as long as the messaging is clear. Like, right. you know what you're getting day one, you know what you're getting, um, and when things are coming out. Like, for, Far Cry 5 did a good job with that. Right. They're like, we're going to release this DLC here. Um, something I would say that did a bad job is, like, um, the Injustice 2 fighter packs and the Mortal Kombat X fighter packs. Like, I paid $120 for Injustice 2, knowing that I was going to get fighter packs, but not knowing when. Right. That was frustrating. Or like, I mean, you know, and again, it's another WB thing, which is interesting, but like Arkham Knight when it came out, it was like, hey, buy the season pass. We're not telling you at all what's in it, but buy it anyway. Right, right. And that's that's instead of the company taking the leap of faith, the good faith thing, it's your consumer doing that. Right. So obviously, you know, there's no, they've already confirmed there's no Assassin's Creed coming out in 2019. Do you think, yeah, do you think that past this do you, if you had to guess, do you think there will be an additional DLC pack or season pass number two or something like that that you'll be able to buy in the spring or the summer, if you had to I guess? Think, I think that for sure goes on sales numbers. Okay. Uh, I think Ubisoft's real good at supporting their games. Mm-hmm. It seems like they have, like, yeah, if you look at For Honor, Rainbow Six, all of that stuff, like they have been, that support has been very strong. And you know what, maybe, I, I don't know that Forerunner sales have been astounding, so maybe they will just put out more DLC um, because they keep putting out stuff for Forerunner. Right. Um, and I, you don't hear it of a break in the charts. Uh, it's just nice to know. Ubisoft will get my money on a game because of their show of support for their previous games. Right. That speaks way more volumes to a game than... And like in the comparison, like the EA aspect of things. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe they maybe um maybe the sales numbers don't matter. Um, I mean, March would be a great time for them to drop new DLC because it's like the wasteland of video game months. Like it would be a great time to start playing games. What a transition! That was brilliant. <laughs> so, Legacy: The First Blade, the first expansion, drops in December three total episodes releasing six weeks apart. And then after that, the fate of Atlantis will launch in spring 2019. Also three episodes launching about six weeks apart. Let's look briefly at the 2019 video game release calendar. In January, we have, and this is not everything, just some highlights. We have the new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe on Switch. Ace Combat 7 Old is- Super ca- Mario Brothers U. <laughs> that was you, not me. Okay. Ace, Combat, Ace, Ace Combat 7 <laughs> is finally coming out. Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, Resident Evil 2 Remake, and Kingdom Hearts 3 are all January. February, we have Anthem, Days Gone, Metro Exodus, uh, Crackdown 3, supposedly, all coming out in February. And then March, we have Devil May Cry 5, The Division 2, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Oh. When you hear about all of those games that are already confirmed for Q1 2019... 
Are you still playing um, Assassin's Creed with all no. of those games on the on the horizon? No, no, I didn't realize that March had those three big games. That's, I mean, that's new. That's new for people in gaming world. We don't see stuff like that ever. Right. So that's where I think it's really this gets really interesting because I'm I'm kind of reverting back. I used to be a person who got really deep and only played a handful of games, and then I went through this this phase of my life where. I wanted to play everything and I played a ton, a ton, a ton of games and I've kind of reverted back a little bit where I am looking more to dive deep into fewer games. And I don't know why that is. That's just kind of like the mood I am in. Like, honestly, after Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like I know Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be after that. But once Assassin's Creed Odyssey comes out, I don't know if I'm going to buy anything else this year other than maybe and everybody's going to laugh. Um, Astrobot Rescue Missions on PlayStation VR I'm probably going to get. But outside of that, I don't know what else I'm going to get. Like those, that's kind of where I'm interested. And I'm kind of actually thinking about and really wondering if, is Assassin's Creed going to be the game that I I spend 150 hours in doing all this stuff? Because I really enjoyed Origins. I had a ton Mm -hmm. of fun with it. You know, but then I look at this list starting for January and I'm like, man, I don't know. That's fair. I mean... Uh, where we are, it's a good problem to have, but it it also it also stinks because like these are all games we want to play. Right. So it, it's you know while it is a good problem to have, we're like it means we have to miss out on stuff and True. picking and choosing. And even if we bought them all, the time isn't there, so you'd yeah. still be missing out on a great deal of things. Right. So to kind of wrap up this DLC question. Would you prefer more big, chunky things of DLC like this that cost $40? Or would you prefer smaller season passes that are $15 that give you maybe just some more inconsequential fun drops of things to happen or smaller, you know, like if you look at like the Spider-Man DLC, you're getting three story missions, you know, coming October, November, December, probably two to three hours each, I would guess. Are you? Would you prefer to have something more like that or do you want something bigger chunkier like what assassin's creed is having to offer you i mean it's a good question because you're ultimately arguing against less or more of a game right and i think if you do it in small bits you get to you get get to kind of pick and choose what, what you want to play and if you're buying a 40 dollars chunk you might be getting content you don't want right um, included so like some people might not want uh, assassin's creed 3 or liberation uh, which is Totally reasonable. Um, so, should they be able to buy the DLC for twenty bucks instead of forty? I think that that is fair. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe I prefer um, maybe the Telltale version of DLC, like ten bucks an episode. You choose, you play, you know, when you get to it, kind of stuff like that. Excellent. Yeah, I think it's tough. I I think it's hard because I typically am like, well, if I really like the game, I want more, and if I don't like it as much. I don't care. So I'm not going to buy it either way, you know? So it's kind of, a, it is a, it is an interesting thing to have, but it's interesting because, you know, I also am a huge fan of Horizon Zero Dawn. I also own the Frozen Wilds. I also have never played it, right? you know? And for me, it was because by the time it came out, I hadn't played the game in six months. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I hear it actually, it starts pretty hard. Do I remember how to play this game? Like, I don't know. So yeah, that's a big thing too. That's a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, let's kind of get towards wrapping the show up. We do have one listener question this week from Super Listener Splig, who sent us a question to at board with VG on Twitter like you can. And Splig says, congrats on 50. How are you celebrating? Your favorite developer, 
TV slash table just approached you to be put in their game as a supporting character. What dev slash game is it and what's your role? So, hey, Splig, thanks so much for the congrats. Josh, how are you celebrating our 50th episode and what game do you want to be in? How am I celebrating? Um, I told everybody that we recorded 50 episodes that I know <laughs> and they were all shocked. Uh, so that's how I've been celebrating. <laughs> Although I didn't really tweet about it, which is probably a mistake. Um, yeah, we'll celebrate. We'll, we'll celebrate more on our year anniversary, which is right around the corner. Um, I feel like this question was like catered to me, though, the developer thing. So like, it would be tabletop, and they would. I would be approached to put me in the leaders expansion for Seven Wonders. Okay, and. My role would be, my ability would be, uh, if you have Josh Borboni as your leader, you can you can draft duplicate cards the whole game. And the game <laughs> that is a great power. That would be perfect. So then I can say, every game of Seven Wonders I've played has been correct. <laughs> Rebos Productions, get on that. Oh, man, yeah. So for me, I am not, I mean, I guess I'm celebrating 50th by like, where I live right now is 930 as we wrap up this recording and I'm drinking coffee still. So I'm probably going to play some video games after this. So that's how I'm celebrating. Um, and then even though I have to get up early tomorrow and go to work, no big deal. And then, okay. So for this, I have two answers, one for TV or one for uh, tabletop and one for video games. So for tabletop, I think it's going to come as no surprise to anyone. I am going to be a character in Dead of Winter. That is what I'm going to do. That is what I'm going to, how it's going to be. And because I am from originally from Minnesota, and this is something that typically only Sparky can do, but I think I am going to be able to not get frostbite because I'm just so used to the cold that I cannot be frostbitten. So that is going to be my special ability. No frostbite for Kyle. For video games, if I had to pick, my first reaction to this was actually I really wanted to be in The Last of Us Part 2, and I just wanted to be some person who died because that'd be funny. <laughs> um, some random person gets killed in the cutscene. I mean, it's not that I want to die, but like I just think that'd be a really funny thing to be like, that was me. Um, but the more I thought about it, I decided, as the art hanging behind me for all of you who never see our video podcast, that's fine. Um, I would definitely want to be in Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or whatever they're going to call it. Um, yeah, I know they've never officially announced it. I mean, come on. That's what they're making. That's though, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would want to be just someone like, and I don't obviously know any abilities or what things are going to be happening, but I would just want to be someone who accompanies Oi- Aloy on a mission that, and I, I am somewhat helpful. Like she is going to, I am, I, I lose my wife or whatever it's going to be. And she, I accompany her. And I help her take down a machine and talk about how sweet it is. That's it. That's all I want. I could be, I just want to do something cool in that game because I think it'd be awesome. So that's the two things that I would pick. Nice. All right, Josh. This has been a pretty hearty show number 50. What do you say we wrap this thing up? Of course. Thank you, everyone. Especially if you've been listening for 50 episodes, you're crazy. But thanks for joining us. Uh, remember, you can find us on social media at Board with Fiji. Use the hashtag, hashtag Board with Fiji, or on Facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. And of course, the ever elusive fan fiction email account, 
board with VG at gmail.com. That's where you can find board with VG. But how can you find us? Great question on all those things. And <laughs> you can find me at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S on Xbox and PlayStation. I have a switch code. Maybe for our anniversary, I'll read my switch code again. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what else? What else? What else? Josh Bones on Twitter. Those are my plugs. Kind Excellent. Of so I can be found at all of the usual places at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S, uh, which is Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at those things. Uh, I am working on a secret show that I have recorded some episodes of that I'm going to share with Josh after we record today, um, that maybe that will be hitting up the place, the PSVG YouTube, or maybe the board of video games, YouTube here soon. Um, I've recorded some episodes. I'm trying to tweak the audio quality a little bit, but it's something that I've been talking about doing for a long time. And I finally sat down and did some of them. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Hopefully that'll be hitting the airwaves here soon. And I'm now telling people because I actually have done some of it. So I feel like it could happen. Um, so look for that soon. A fun new show related to all the crazy things that we do here. As always, if you guys have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Stop gaming.